All right, welcome into the first edition of Baseball Stuff, a podcast because who doesn't need another good podcast with this one centering around baseball here in the Lone Star State, particularly college baseball. A lot of good baseball to be played around here, especially where I am here in Central Texas, but also out west, of course, Texas Tech, my alma mater, uh, really picked things up with Tim Tadlock out there. And what I want to do is just kind of talk about this great baseball we have here in the state of Texas on the college level. I am a sportscaster here in Central Texas. I work at Fox 44 TV here in Waco, so obviously do a lot of coverage of the Bears, Texas A&M, even a little Sam Houston State in there every once in a while, but of course following very closely Texas Tech and the rest of the Big 12. So I want to be able to come on here and and just kind of talk some of those things through, talk about what's going on here in the state of Texas, what to watch for in the coming weeks, uh, and just really kind of hash things out. Uh, Maybe we'll get some guests on here eventually, kind of once we get this thing up and running, um, that I've encountered through my very mediocre that's probably putting it, uh, it's giving myself a little too much credit, my, my baseball career playing-wise. Uh, maybe talk to some of those that uh, I've met in my TV career coming up here. Some really great guests possibly here that have uh, really done a lot for the game of college baseball here in the state of Texas. And again, this is just a kind of a fun deal that I'm putting together, not trying to compete with anybody. Uh, really, you know, big fan of a lot of the college baseball podcasts out there, whether it's those guys at Red Raider Dugout that do a fantastic job, D1 Baseball, 11.7. This is just kind of some some supplemental college baseball content that uh, you can put in your podcast feed, hopefully download it and hopefully enjoy it. So we'll see how it goes and uh, appreciate you guys tuning in this morning. We'll start out with uh, the weekend that was here for the state of Texas, and we're going to start out with the Texas Tech Red Raiders, your Shriners College Classic champions. Uh, A little bit of a weaker field this year. Um, You know, I I know Texas A&M backed out there. Um, Texas A&M Corpus Christi taking their place, and boy, they sure gave the Red Raiders a scare on Sunday. That, uh, you know, had a base hit robbed by Cal Conley to save that game for Texas Tech, and have them leave town with the 3-0 sweep of the Shriners College Classic. Again, three very close wins. I was really, really impressed with the starting pitching, really on both sides of it. Texas State was uh, really, really good on Friday night. Held the Red Raiders down for a long time. And then, of course, you had the big hits. You know, obviously the home run by Cody Masters that was way up the foul pole there. And then Braxton Fulford really coming on nicely. Uh, he, he's really, really hitting the ball well in, against some really good pitching in big league ballparks. I mean, you think back to the, the State Farm College Classic to open the season. He had that big, big three-run home, three home run against Arkansas. Did more of the same against Texas State. Obviously not the same caliber of opponent, but that, that was a tight game. And he had those two huge swings that really uh, sealed it for the Red Raiders. On the mound, I think, is where Texas Tech is has a lot of potential. I don't know that we've seen them really live up to it yet. Um, obviously, that weekend in, uh, in in Arlington to start the season after a really, really weird, weird stretch of weather where they weren't practicing outside, you know, just saw a lot of mistakes that was not very reminiscent of this Texas Tech baseball program. And Coach Tadlock obviously does such a good job of having his teams improve throughout the season. I mean, you, you win all three of those games in, uh, in, in Arlington, you're not 
going to Omaha, you still have to play the entire season, and, and you lost all three, and there's a lot of room to improve. And I think you're starting to see that, obviously, a, a paper-thin, uh, you know, Charmin soft schedule leading up to it. Uh, but I think you took kind of a step up in competition, probably a little bit of another step up this weekend as you take on the UConn Huskies, who, again, it's a northern team, but that is a very good northern team that uh, really knows how to prepare for these early season battles, and will be interesting to see how Texas Tech does against them. Again, the pitching is, is the question mark. A lot of walks early on, but I think uh, Brandon Birdsell, the Texas A&M transfer, pitched on Friday night looked a lot better. I think the most important part of that was he didn't walk anybody. It's amazing what happens when when you don't give out free passes. Um, you know, did he, he has that fastball that people can square up, and Texas State did that uh, and, and obviously had them with a lead in that game. But you like to see Birds, obviously great stuff, uh, see if he can just kind of hone it in and, and rein it in. By the time we end up getting to, uh, by the time we get into Big 12 play and, and on to the end of the year, um, Patrick Monteverdi, uh, go Steelers, big big Pittsburgh guy, apparently terrible towels in the stadium at Minute Maid Park this weekend. Uh, gotta love that. Jamie Lint was talking to him in the, the pregame show, and I told Jamie that uh, if he needs the terrible towel, I think I know where I can find a few extra ones. But Monteverdi, seven innings pitched, only allowed three hits, nine Ks, has not allowed a run yet this year. Obviously, he's been kind of the, the focal point of that Red Raider staff. He's been the bright spot on that staff, and what is a very good staff that will continue to develop over the years. So really, really impressed with Monteverdi on Saturday against uh, Sam Houston State. That obviously a shutout win for Texas Tech. Then you had Mason Montgomery going on Sunday against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Really, really good once again in that Sunday role. Had them off balance. Those breaking pitches were, were nasty. With that, that camera angle from... Uh, Minute Maid Park, which well, I'll let you insert those jokes there, but really got a good look at the action on some of those breaking pitches and it was really, really fun to watch. And so Mason Montgomery, another strong outing for him, and that's just going to help this Texas Tech team who, you know, remember Micah Dallas and the amazing freshman year he had as a starter? He's not even throwing on the weekends right now. He's throwing in the midweeks. Uh, we'll wait to see what that means for him down the stretch. Uh, obviously, we know he can start. We know he can close. Uh, or does he maybe take on that Johnny Droz role we saw in Tadlock's first year with Texas Tech where you know you have kind of, kind of an opener that throws one or two innings early on, get through the lineup one time, and then you bring on a, you know, a guy like Droz or possibly even Micah Dallas that could really settle in and, and shut things down after you've gone through the lineup once. So, It'll be interesting to see how he continues to use Micah Dallas. We'll see some more from him this weekend in the Gonzaga series, see how he continues to develop. Again, not not the best opening weekend for him up there in Arlington, but I don't really think anybody on that Texas Tech team can uh, can say that that was a, a great weekend for them. And partially it was because of the defense. Uh, the defense was pretty bad for them in Arlington, and I think they'd be the first to tell you that. But the defense... In Minute Maid this weekend was not bad. In fact, it was fantastic. As I mentioned, Cal Conley saving that you know base hit that would have won the game for or would have put Texas A&M Corpus Christi in the lead with the Red Raiders still to bat in the bottom of the ninth. But it was really, really good to see some nice plays out of this Red Raider defense again on that major league stage going into that stadium and and playing some good defense. You had some really good plays on the infield. Uh, as I mentioned, you had some great plays in the outfield. You, you're going to get good outfield play. I mean, Tadlock has got some guys out there that can really go get it, led by Dylan Noisy. 
out there calling the shots, quarterback and the defense out in center. So got to like what the Red Raiders are, are doing, the way that they're going. Now we'll wait to see how they continue to improve going into this week, as I mentioned, a midweek with Gonzaga. And then a, a pretty good test at Rip Griffin Park this weekend with uh, UConn coming in. So it's going to be uh, a, a lot of fun to see how they continue to build up to their opening series of conference play, which is Oklahoma State coming to Rip Griffin Park. If you remember the last time those two met at Rip Griffin Park, it had the Red Raiders driving off to Omaha, leaving the Cowboys in their rearview mirror. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see. I know Oklahoma State's got a big series this weekend with Vanderbilt leading into Big 12 play, so you know they're going to be sharpened up and ready to go. You know, I mentioned the Shriners College Classic. The other Big 12 team that was there was TCU. Uh, the Horn Frogs, to me, throughout the season so far, um, have kind of been the, the most... I would say probably the best team in the Big 12, just by what I've watched on the field from them and from other teams in the Big 12 conference. I think TCU's had the best body of work early on. Does that mean anything? No, it really doesn't. Um, they did salvage one game at the State Farm College Classic, which means they are the Big 12 champion in that event because they won one game. Uh, not really something to brag about, I guess. But TCU, once again, dominant uh, on the mound this weekend. I think for the most part, obviously, you know, they, they struggled a little bit in that last game, getting walked off by the uh, the Bearcats of Sam Houston State. And I think, you know, that that's just going to happen in, the, in those kind of games. Those classics, those teams get up for them. They play really, really well in those those environments. And you're, you're not going to – you're going to get everybody's best shot. You know, losing 5-6 to six to Sam Houston State uh, – 6-5, to five rather, excuse me, my pet peeve. Bigger number always goes first, even if the team you're talking about loses. Uh, Ten innings, losing to Sam Houston State. But they did run rule their other two opponents in Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Texas State. So, again, I think Coach Schlafsnagel, it's been a down couple years for the Frogs because they haven't gone to Omaha, which is just tells you what he has done with that program and the expectations of where they are. Uh, and I think, once again, they're going to probably do it with with a lot of good starting pitching. I mean, you, you look at the guys that are... Probably going to be some of their main starters. You know, Russell Smith off to a, a good start this year, two and zero. Was was really good once again this weekend. Uh, I, I think that you he got thirteen strikeouts in that ten run rule, six innings of work against Texas State. Uh, that's that's always good to see there on that's on a, a, your Saturday starter there. So if you can get that in the middle of the week. You're, you're in pretty good sh- the middle of the weekend. You, you're in pretty good shape there. Obviously the bats working really well. Against you know you ten run rule your first two opponents again, Texas State and and Texas A&M Corpus Christi probably not Omaha teams but it's still early so these are all about building and continuing to move upward as you head into conference play which is just a couple of weeks away so uh, I, I think TCU has been the class of the field so far in the Big Twelve uh, not by a lot I'm not I'm not proclaiming them the conference champs, but I think they're certainly in that upper, upper echelon with your Texas Tech, with possibly Texas, Oklahoma State, uh, and, and possibly Oklahoma, even though they did have a rough weekend at the, the Frisco Classic, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but yeah, these teams are, are rounding into form as they get ready for Big 12 play where, you know, that's where you got to make your money, so TCU 8-3 and three on the season, uh, heading heading into a, a weekend series. As I mentioned, Gonzaga is going to be in Lubbock during the middle of the week. Then they're going to go out to Fort Worth, play a three-game set with the Frogs. Uh, and then a sneaky pretty good series the week after that before 
uh, TCU opens conference play against Baylor, they're going to go out to Louisiana Lafayette, or I guess they want you to be called. You want they want them to call you the University of Louisiana. I think that's silly. Uh, you're ULL, and you will continue to be ULL into perpetuity. So, uh, but they, they're always a, a very good baseball program out there. Matt Deggs, obviously. Know him well from his time at Sam Houston State, and I think uh, he's going to do really good things with uh, what Coach Robichaux did with them. He's just continuing to build on that out there at, at ULL. So TCU kind of ramping things up before they open uh, conference play with Baylor, and that that will be a very interesting series. We'll talk about the Bears here in just a little bit, but I mentioned in kind of the upper echelon of the Big 12, I think you have to put Texas in there. Um because of their pitching, especially on the front line. I mean, Friday night, Ty Madden against Houston. That was a that was quite a game. Went out there and, and really dominated. Um, one one to nothing. You know, in a one nothing game, not a lot of room for error. A lot of scouts in attendance for that one. And I think the reason was uh, very clear as he helped the Horns take a 1-0 series lead on Friday. Then Houston, uh, they won on a walk off on Saturday. Three to two, and that's my question with Texas. I think they have the pitching; uh, they 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 can they can get it done on the bump. But can they slug with teams like Texas Tech, with teams like TCU, heck, with Baylor? We saw what Baylor did this weekend. We'll get them here again in just a bit. But I think really need to see more out of Texas in that lineup uh, than what we've seen so far. I think we're going to get an opportunity to do that here in the coming weeks because I know they open up conference play in a couple weeks with the Baylor Bears. So it's it's going to be a, a test. They've got a good, good, good series that's going to really test them this weekend against an SEC-caliber opponent in South Carolina. We'll talk a little bit more about that series here kind of at the end of the podcast. But Texas overall wins the series. They did break out the bats on Sunday to get the series win. Uh, and, and, tech, and Houston is always a very good team. And to go down to Houston and, and beat them two out of three in their place – against, you know, your Texas, you're always going to get everybody's best shot. So, um, you know, the the Cougars are going to be a good squad once again this year. So that's a really good series win that Texas can feel good about coming back home to take on the Gamecocks before opening conference play. With those Baylor Bears, who I mentioned, they had a really good weekend, sweeping away Memphis, four games to none, four-game sweep. Um, Memphis was 4-1 and one coming into this series. Uh it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you're playing early in the season because we've seen Baylor and Texas and Tech and A and M. A lot of those teams struggle after being kept out in the cold. Uh, so Memphis four and one on the year came in and the Bears unloaded on them. Forty two runs on the weekend for Baylor. Um, you know, scored twenty runs in a, in a single game on on Saturday. A big big reason for that. Some of their young guys, their young stars, Trey Richardson, Jared McKenzie. Uh, they hit over 500 for the weekend. Jared is uh, kind of a budding star. He he's a, a round rock kid that made his way up to Waco, and he is a blast to watch. He he can really really swing it, and uh, you know plays really good defense out there in center field. You know as does right fielder Davion Downey. Earlier in the week, he hit over 500 this week, uh, this weekend against Memphis, and he had one of the highlight catches of the week against Sam Houston State on Saturday, going up the wall to rob a home run from the Bearcats. And what was a scoreless game at that time, it allowed Andy Thomas to come in and knock in a couple runs on a two-run shot over the batter's eye in center field, Shohei Otani style, uh, giving the Bears the win. And with the four wins this weekend, 
they now improve to seven and four. And I think the good thing for Baylor is those young guys are hitting. And Coach Rodriguez has talked to us about those young guys. I mean, he, he was talking about Trey Richardson, and he's he's kind of a, a smaller guy, but boy, in the middle of the infield, he, Rod says that he's got some power that will will surprise some people um, for for just his size. But he's really, really coming into his own, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, this year as well. As as I mentioned, you know, Jared, he's going to be a guy that's going to be around here for a long time. He's going to be a name that people remember. But I mean, you look at the the averages of those guys. I mean, Jared's hitting 408 on the year. Uh, you know, Trey Richardson 364, Cade Currington 364. You know, they they've got some guys in the lineup, and you got Andy Thomas, all reliable there. 325, the old guy on the team, Andy Thomas, hitting 325 on the year. He is going to be so big for this team with that experience in the middle of the lineup. And even when they weren't going great, I mean, I was down there in Round Rock with him, and Andy's a guy that you can rely on in the middle of that lineup that when things aren't going well, he's kind of a guy that can get out there, give you a base knock, and kind of get things rolling. So I think they have a lot of, not a lot expected of them. Obviously, picked down in the Big 12 this year, but. I think to a man, when we've talked to him, they've they've said, "Look, there's gonna, this team. This team's going to surprise some people. We're always underrated, but this team is going to surprise a lot of people." And I think in order for them to really do that, it's gonna it's gonna come down to the pitching staff. And I mean, you look at their their starting staff, kind of your your weekend guys that you're probably going to see on most weekends. Tyler Thomas, right there at the top. He's thrown 17 innings this year. He's got a 1.59 ERA. Uh, that's what you need out of the front end guys in your in your uh, rotation. Then you got Blake Helton. Uh, he's he's been the Friday night starter. I don't see any reason for him to not continue to be that way. He's pitched well. Certainly uh, got into a little trouble in the A and M game. Uh, you know, four fifteen ERA working on that. That's coming down a little bit. And then I think the X factor is is a guy like Jimmy Winston. Um, you know, he he has been a guy that has so much talent. And last year. Penciled in as a Friday night starter, certainly struggled very early in the season, and then the season was canceled. I know he kind of had a, has had a little bit of a, a rough go early on so far, but he's starting to round into form very nicely. Thirteen strikeouts on the year. He's you know thrown in eleven and two thirds innings, giving up eight hits, four earned runs. So he's a guy that that Baylor is going to need to pitch very well for them to kind of be that guy that can go out there and give you an opportunity to win a series on Sunday or to to complete a sweep or avoid a sweep. I mean, that Sunday guy, you're, you're usually the Friday night guy's the ace, but the Sunday guy is, is crucial to go out there because he's going to he's gonna be a guy a lot of times that's going to determine how your weekend goes. So um, speaking of that, a two-game, a little bit of a strange weekend for Baylor coming up. Uh, two-game series in Baton Rouge, they're going to play UTSA, and then they're going to play the LSU Tigers at the box. Um, I I know that there's been a lot of, you know, finagling and moving around schedules just with the uncertainty of what's going on right now with COVID and then all the weather problems. So Coach Rod was literally doing everything he could, said that he asked Paul Maneri if they could sneak into their weekend in, in Baton Rouge. And I tell you what, if, if you ever get a chance to go out there and watch some baseball at the box, that there is nothing like it. I mean... The fans are, are obviously rowdy and loud and fun, but they are a knowledgeable baseball fan fan base. I mean, if you're if you're an opposing pitcher and you deal and you're just throwing frisbees up there and and they can't touch it, 
you'll get a standing ovation when you come out of the game. I mean, they, they are very knowledgeable about not only their Tigers, but whoever else is coming in there. And so I think they had a rough weekend against Oral Roberts, dropping two out of three against the Golden Eagles, did LSU. But I'm going to be very interested to see how this Baylor team handles playing a team like LSU. It's just one game. It's a two-game weekend. Again, very strange with what's going on. But I, I certainly will, would love to see how Baylor handles that this weekend. And then staying in the SEC, Texas A&M, they're starting to find their footing a little bit. They swept New Mexico State. Again, I mentioned they backed out of the Shriners College Classic. Um, so <laughs> they, they're, you know, the schedule is not going to turn any heads. But the pitching staff is rounding into form very nicely for the, the, uh, the Aggies as well. Uh, kind of a rough start like the rest of the Texas teams. You know, just not being able to get on the field or really do much at all uh, for the first couple of weeks of the season, or about right before right before it all got started, actually. Um, so I, I I like what the Aggies have done against weaker competition. I mean, you want to talk about Charmin's soft schedule? A and M, there is there is nothing to write home about uh, in that schedule. But again, they lost their opening series to Xavier. I mean, they really, really struggled to start the year. And so I think to see them be playing better baseball this time of year is, is encouraging for them. So they'll, they'll continue to, they're going to play Samford this weekend, but then things get real, real fast for the Aggies as they've got to go to, they'll go to Florida, that new ballpark out there in Gainesville take on the Florida Gators to open conference play. So I hesitate to give them a too too hard of a time uh, for their, their terrible non-conference schedule. It's like it makes the third Saturday in November football scheduling look, you know, like a murderer's row. Um, but again, their conference schedule is, is murderous as well. So they'll, they'll get a, a, a snoot full of, of Florida and, you know, the early season, outside of Florida, the early season schedule kind of sets up well for them. But, man, it is a bear from about the middle of April all the way home for the Aggies closing out with LSU in College Station. So, you know, I we're going to know a lot about A&M by the time the, the end of the season rolls around. I, it's, it's tough to put too much stock into what they're doing right now. But, you know, they're, they're winning games again and not losing to ACU. So no, no disrespect to ACU. The Wildcats have a, have a good program. Uh, but the, you shouldn't, they should not be beating A&M at home. It's, you know, that's, as Ron Washington would say, that's the way baseball go. And that just happened to, to go that way for the Aggies. Led uh, in the lineup, Will Frizzell, a very experienced guy. He's been around Aggieland for a long time. Kind of anchor in the middle of that lineup, hitting 420 early in the year, four home runs, 11 RBIs. So he's a guy that, uh, again, is, is going to kind of be that tone setter there in the middle of the lineup. And then you've got some some production um, from guys like Mikey Honer, another one of those experienced guys. You know, he, he's kind of a defense and damage guy. He's going to be good behind the plate. And he's gonna he's gonna leave the yard on you every now and then. So I, I really like uh, how how that lineup is shaking up shaping up in the middle. They need some more people, and that's been the question with A and M for really the last several years. Is their pitching is fantastic, and it looks like they're gonna have some good good arms once again. But they are gonna have to find a way to score some runs, especially when you get into the SEC and you're seeing a lot of these arms that are not New Mexico State, that are not Samford. So. I think uh, we're going to know a lot about the Aggies here in a couple weeks. So look forward to seeing them get into SEC play against those Florida Gators. 
To wrap things up each week, I'd love to to kind of take a look around the Lone Star State and give a Lone Star series to watch. And um, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I'm going to go with uh, South Carolina heading to Austin to take on the Longhorns. The Gamecocks 10 and 0 this year. Um, you know, again, not a great sample size, not a ton of great teams, but they did take two of three from their in-state rival South Carolina, who always has a great program down there. And that, that third game, the, the opener of that series was actually postponed. So they took the only two games that were played against the Clemson Tigers. And this will be a matchup again. The Gamecock Bats are, are red hot. We'll see how that stacks up against the pitching of Texas. And we'll see if Texas can get the Bats going, because that's honestly the biggest question for me with them moving forward. And, you know, they'll be on that 1980s shag carpet there at the dish. They went from, like, the fastest turf ever to probably one of the slowest surfaces ever. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think Augie would have loved that to deaden a lot of those bunts down the lines. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun series to watch. Texas is gearing themselves up for conference play, which, again, begins just in a couple weeks with the Baylor Bears. That game going to be uh, right here in Waco, which would, which you know, that's always a that's always a big series for both squads, and we're going to find out. It's going to be a good measuring stick for for those squads because I think you would give Texas the edge right now over Baylor just based on preseason standings, but it's hard to to know what any of these teams have. And I think Coach Tadlock said it early in the year. It's very difficult to judge any team this year. It's all based on the past. And he said that, frankly, his team had not earned that number three preseason ranking that they had. And he's right. And that bore itself out in in uh, Arlington. I mean, you're in two of those games, but you're actually in all those games. You just, those, those big innings, those crooked numbers really, really got you. But again, Baylor, uh, excuse me, Texas, South Carolina, that is going to be a fun one at Dishfalk. Three games set, 6.30 Friday, 6.30 Saturday, 11 a.m. on Sunday. All games on the Longhorn Network, Orange Cow Network, bringing you home for that one. Uh, And then it's conference play. Conference play for a lot of these teams. I know Texas Tech starts with Oklahoma State. As I mentioned, the Bears and Horns will lock up in Waco. Um, some this is the way the schedule shakes out. It's going to take some teams an extra weekend or two to get into to conference play, but it is going to be a fascinating Big 12 race, and it's going to be fascinating for teams all around the state. And, and we're going to each week maybe touch on the big programs, the big storylines around the state of Texas. And as I mentioned, hopefully get some some guests on here, maybe even some uh, some high school coaches, some junior college coaches, because we got one of the best programs in the country right here at Waco, Coach Thompson, Mitch Thompson, the McLennan Highlanders, former uh, former Texas Tech Red Raider, James Leverton, a pitching coach out there. I used to watch James uh, and those Red Raider teams back when I was in school, and um, they're, uh, they had a lot of really, really good talent, guys like James, guys like Roger Kieschnick that could uh, really make some things happen, just not the overall team success that Tech's had over the last several years. So, College baseball, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to try to talk about it each week with you right here on Baseball Stuff. If you're wondering about the name, uh, it was the name of our college intramural baseball team. We played a a tournament on Dan Law Field uh, before it was Rip Griffin Park, before it was remodeled. I don't think they'd even let us on that thing now. But our team name was Baseball Stuff, and it's based on the movie Liar Liar, where the sun opens up the present, and it's Baseball Stuff. So, a good buddy of mine, Taylor Fidel, came up with it. It's stuck, 
and I think it's a perfect summation for this podcast. Again, we'll be checking in with you hopefully each week. Uh, I know it's about to get really busy here with uh, my real job um, in college basketball. There's some pretty good basketball being played here in Waco on the men's and women's side for the Baylor Bears. So uh, if I can, I'll try to get in your feeds each week. If uh, Reach out. Give me a, give me a, a, a feel for, for how you're feeling about this podcast, if it's something that you enjoy. And we'll hope to check in with you guys each week. Thanks for tuning in. See you.